While most of us may have been looking at Shamrock Rovers tonight and being disappointed by the result, there was a few of us looking at a great result in the League of Ireland in the form of Shelbourne Football Club. Well done, ladies. The fella in the green and white short. The fella in the green and white short. Keep the good man on the bench. Welcome to the Big Kickoff League of Ireland podcast and myself, Roy Shanahan and Nathan Doyle from thebigkickoff.com in a week where Waterford could have a new owner again. Shamrock Rovers disappoint in their playoff and the fans' question is back. How can the FAI help again? How can the FAI help our teams in Europe? Now, unfortunately, sad news came in uh, in the last 24 to 36 hours of the sudden passing uh, of a Bose volunteer, Derek Monaghan. He was more than just a volunteer, though, Nathan. A hundred percent, mate. You can see by the outpour of, of sadness and the beautiful tributes that have been made from uh, the League of Ireland community as a whole, you know. Uh, seen only the bow sector, you know, seen like there's a Keith Ward, have some lovely words on Twitter, but they, like I said, the community as a whole, it, it really does rally together in these terrible times. Um as you said, Sal Parson of Derek uh, Monahan or Mono, uh, as the the, the mates of his and people that knew and loved him, uh, referred to him as plenty of roles uh, in Daily Mount Park Roy uh throughout he's he's fandom there. Stewart every he's, every he's, role announcer, like, yeah. yeah DJ was the bar manager I seen as well at Daily Mount Park. So, you know, th- th- there was a lovely line uh, uh, that Bohemians put a, st- a beautiful tribute up on the social media pages, and uh, it was something along the lines of "It's it's the people that make the clubs." And someone here like like Derek, the the someone that just and it's just the antithesis of what League of Ireland supporter is, Roy, isn't it? Like it's just a League of Ireland supporter uh, personified the the passion, the love for the club. Uh, you can see that by the outpouring of everybody uh, when, the, when the news sadly broke. So, it uh, goes without saying, everyone here, the big kickoff sends nothing but love and condolences to his wife, his, his children, friends, other family, bohemians, uh, people that knew and love him. Um, if you do want to help out, you're listening in. His, his uh, colleagues at Bowers have set up a GoFundMe page. This is this all any funds that are raised will go towards the family uh, in terms of expenses that's going to come up over the next next couple of months so yeah if you want to help out check that out we'll pop it up on your uh, social media pages if you want to uh, want to contribute to that if you can if you're in a position to do so that'd be brilliant um unbelievably sad time so yeah again our condolences go out to the monaghan family and to the friends of derek absolutely i didn't know derek um of course luke and are playing next week against him i would have got to to maybe chat to him if uh if that if I had been so lucky, uh, that's not going to happen now, obviously. Um, but I I didn't know him, but there are so many Derricks around in the clubs around the country that you kind of understand by being part of different clubs and the the hard work that people put in. Uh, you can only imagine what Derek was like because uh, you can see the love that he had. You can see the respect that he had. Even players coming out and talking about, you know, that. You know, they just made him smile, and you know, so yeah, I, I I can totally understand how devastated a club is when someone is that deep within uh, the club unit. And as I said, they they see the club as a as the people's club. They see it as a, a 
there's a togetherness about the club and I suppose with the, the fan ownership and all it, this, it, it's really a close-knit thing so um, yeah it's devastating and if you do have any spare cash it's gonna, it, 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 for anyone to lose someone so young it's devastating on a family so that GoFundMe there is 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 going to be crucial for a lot of things uh, for those kids as they grow up so do do give as much as, as you possibly can um, R.I.P. Derek okay uh, it seems a bit ridiculous to go and talk about football when, yeah. when there's more important things than football but uh, I suppose this is the podcast and that's what we're going to be talking about we will be talking about Waterford and the uh, new owners again the new 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 owners uh, but we'll, we'll, we'll go straight into the the Shamrock Rovers game against uh, Ferns Varos in the Europa League trying to get into the group stage of the Europa League but it's the playoffs and it just wasn't their night No, it looks like they won't be getting into the Europa League we will say this Roy uh, beating 4-0 in the first leg over in uh, Budapest against Ferns Varos as you said disappointing night in what has been a very fruitful and a very uh, very entertainment entertaining sorry European one for Shamrock Rovers and one that's going to set to continue it's not all doom and gloom. It is very unfortunate that they couldn't get into the... Well, it looks like, I'm not going to say anything too quickly, but 4-0 looks like an unassailable late uh, from an extremely talented uh, Hungarian side. I just it was looking at the game, Roy, you know, to, to be 2-0 down at half-time, conceded a goal in the fourth for 15 minutes. That's always extremely disappointing. But you thought, you know, keep it at 2-0, keep it tight in the second half and give them something to play for going to Tallet. Uh, next Thursday, but to concede a goal right so early into the second half with a, a Sean Gannon Howler, he won't want to see that back again. Um, and then a long range effort in, in the 93rd minute, I think, really put the nail uh, in the Shamrock Rovers Europa uh, League coffin. So you can blame, I think you can blame on a few things. You know, the obvious people are going to blame on the heat and the weather and things like that. But and it's funny, we were only talking saying how. Lucky Shamrock Rovers were coming into the business end of the season and they seemed to get a lot of players back from injury and things like that. Yeah. But there's two steps back to tonight, wasn't it? Yeah. You know, Ronan Finn out with suspension. Pico Lopez, unfortunately, looks like he's going to miss the remainder of the season. Graham Bork out again. Um, Eddie Amo and Maku, who's very uh, impactful when he comes off from the bench, he was missing. Uh, and Chris McCann in the, in the midfield out, uh, with an injury. And I think it's the McCann one, Roy, that's interesting for me because... Me and you, uh, most on myself, I'm not going to throw you under my uh, my uh, horrendous opinions. I always question that if you're going to look at the soft spot in the Shamrock Rovers team, it is in the midfield, in particular the defensive midfield position. And I think we've seen that uh, today. It was sloppy in terms of the passing, but I thought they were overrun completely. I thought that they, they were the the, the uh, free and virus players were getting through extremely easy, especially in the second half. You know, um, and when you, you look at it, Nathan, just. Just on the, as you're talking about being overrun, when you look at why they were being overrun, I I do think that Shamrock Rovers, again, you can turn around and you can say, oh, there's a golfing class, that these are excellent and all, but you have to be able to give yourself the best opportunity to yeah. stay in a game. I don't think they set up in a, in, a, in in the right manner. I, I think they had a 5-3-2, a five, a and there was huge gaps down the sides. And at times... There was three pl- players pressing the back line of uh, Ferns Virus, and the ball just get treaded through to midfield. To be two against four, they get totally overrun, and then players in the back line get sucked out, and they were all over the shop. And I just thought, yeah. I, I think I thought there was a little bit too much 
adventure in the team, I think, is what they were trying to do. And not really taking care of, you know, keep them quiet for the first half of the game. I thought, you know, play 5-4-1, have just one up front, have four in midfield, have your five at the back. Don't try and play the wing backs. Just keep it very, very tight. Upset them in the first. This is away from home. and I just thought they were very, very open. Yeah, and I think you're seeing that, Roy. They, they, they hit the post, didn't they? Frank Vargas in about the first 10 minutes. So there's warning signs before the goal that, that came a couple of minutes later. Mm. And yeah, that's what I'm going to get on just with the whole midfield, midfield position again. And I don't want to hone on too much. I've talked about it a little bit throughout the season. But uh, to see Sean Kavanagh being played in a central midfield position, I thought was very strange. Great to see Sean come back in. A lot of injury problems over the past year or so. And he is a real talent. Uh, more so, I, his best position is uh, on that left wing back. I know that that's an absolute both of the wing back positions for Rovers this season are chock full of talent. So I'm sure if you are Sean Cavney, you're going to take whatever position uh, you can get given. But then, even when we've seen Richie Towell come on in, in the, the second half, we know at Dundalk he was more of a number 10. But since he moved from England, he came back, he's a little bit deeper. Same with Jack Bourne when he came on. I actually thought Bourne done pretty well when he came on. Yeah, he did, yeah. Um, but yeah, again, in a little bit deeper role that we see, that we're used to seeing them in. And the two, both Hell and Bourne, they're just not uh, whole midfield players. They're more of a technical number eight than, than someone like a Gary O'Neill. He was the only one that can play that position and sit deep. I think with uh, Jack Bourne, though, I think at the start he started to drop deep because he was just looking to get onto the ball, just looked to start to get onto things. He did push on a little bit further and tried to dictate. And, and in fairness... Anything then that Shamrock Rovers were doing, he was being part of it, linking it up and keeping things moving. For me, as I said before, Nathan, if they don't have Bork and they don't have Bourne, they struggle in a creative manner. And, and in these games, the bigger games, you need that. But again, as you said, like it was with Kavanaugh in there and... Do you know, even Richie Towell has played back in that midfield position. He kind of came on a little further t- tonight. I I thought that, you know, maybe you put Towell out on the right-hand side and he's someone who could yeah. attack up and down the line, but he definitely, he, he has been hard work and I know we have said stuff about him as in, has he improved the team? But he certainly is good as the others that are in there that are missing. Yeah, no, he definitely is. Right? We've seen what Richie can do. Well, not only at Dundalk, as you said, he, he, while he probably hasn't set Tallah Stadium alight as some Shamrock Rovers fans would have liked to do it. You're seeing more of a versatile game to win there, aren't you, compared to Dundalk. With Dundalk, he was out and out, number 10, just played right behind Pat Hoban. Where now, as you said, like, he's still on think he's, he's a deep uh, line midfielder, but can't play in a bit more of an adventurous midfield role um, just behind number 10. I just get it on the right-hand sides. Uh, I actually thought Neil Farouja actually on the right-hand side when he came on was a little bit lively too. But yeah, if I'm just just going back to that midfield position, it's definitely something they're going to have to balance out. Uh, whether that be in the off season, it, what's going to have to be now at this stage. But yeah, it's it's just if you just you're looking at Gary O'Neill here today, like if he was someone that was to dip out with injury, I think he would be in major trouble uh, in, in the middle of the park. Yeah, um, they're not going to get through. Now, let's be honest, they're not going to get no, through. I mean, you can can you see? Ferns Varys score another goal. Yeah, so they're going to have to score five goals, Shamrock Rovers, to maybe get even, you know, to the 90 minutes and maybe go to extra time. Just can't see it. So, do they look at this next game as, you know, well, we'll we'll make sure anyone has niggly injuries, anyone has, do they just forget about it? I think so, Roy. And I was listening to the commentary you were talking about, uh, 
there's Sean McGraw was being unbeaten at Tallaght Stadium in all competitions this year, and that should be the goal for this le- for the next leg is to do what they're doing to lose the Gorets, you know, and 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 win the win the game, but lose the tie. I wouldn't even say it at that. I just think, as I said, we're coming into the business end of the season. We'll be talking about the fan questions later with the, how the FEI can help, and we we'll get into the fixture congestion and things like that. But they have, you know, they just played Derry City uh, up up in the Brandywell. Now they have a huge game coming up against. Uh, Dundalk as well so as they're going for the league title I think they should be using this game as resting a couple of players that need to be rested uh, for me there's no need to be going out and playing their strongest 11 because the tie is done and dusted even at 3-0 I thought it was done and dusted like, was even a half time at 2-0 it, w- it was going to be difficult to come back for them but 3-0 was, was really the one that, that, that tipped it over the edge yeah, absolutely. And I think that's uh, probably gone. But as you said, the Conference League is there. That's what they wanted. They want to make sure to secure a group stage there. Big chances there to claim points and there's money for for that's- winning games and drawing games. And maybe they wouldn't have got that in the in the Europa League if it's been on the draw they got. That's what I was going to say to you, Roy. Um, to, try, to try and put a bit of a positive spin on it, you know, like it's a... Uh, there is going to be more opportunities, I think, because it's over 600,000 for a win in the group stage. It's over 200,000 for a draw in the group stage. So I think that could be. And look, you still have the likes of West Ham, Florentina and Villarreal that are in the playoffs and they're expected to get to the group stages. So there's opportunity, you know, to get, even to get one glamorous mm-hmm. toy that could probably entice some uh, some casual fans to come down and have a look. But yeah, I think there could be more opportunity. Obviously, you're going to want to get to the Europa League because it's more guaranteed money for getting to the Europa League group stages. But I just yeah. think that they could pad out the bank balance a little bit more in the Conference League. I just think with the calibre of opponents you're coming up against, there could be more opportunities to pick up wins and draws and to get that extra couple of cash, which you might not have got. You know, if you got put into a group of debt in the Europa League, it's great to be there, but yeah. you might as well earn as much, much cash as you can. Yeah, and uh, it does it does world of good as well for the, the coefficient uh Oh yeah, you know, for the Irish team, so you guys start getting wins and, and draws under your belt. Uh, that's it's going to help us out uh, on the long term. Okay, well, again, as we said earlier on, it, they weren't the only team in Europe tonight, and Shelburne ladies have gone and done it. They have already began their uh, their, their women's Champions League campaign today in the fourth round of that championship pat. Talked about this when the draw was made a couple of weeks ago. In terms of how they do it, it's like a mini t- tournament. Uh, yeah, 1-0 win against uh, Pomagy from Slovakia in the semi-final of Group 1. Um, they'll now go on to play Valor from Iceland in the final of Group 1 to progress to the next round. So yeah, that's, that game is going to be on Sunday, the 24th of this coming Sunday, the 24th of August, 4 o'clock kickoff at Tolka Park. Anyone listening, get yourself down to the game. It's going to, yeah, it'd be great to see them get through. We will talk about it on next week's show. Uh, got to watch the game, right? Got to watch most of it, uh, sort of doing a double double duty between uh, the Shelbourne game and the Shamrock Rovers game. Uh, it was Heather Riley with a, 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 a goal in the fourth minute. Actually, interesting story about Heather. Uh, she signed for Shelbourne back in July. With the, she actually came out of retirement for the sole reason of wanting to play Champions League football. So oh. four minutes into our Champions League debut... That's uh, the, the dream that only came true, but yeah, got herself on the score. little sheet. beauty, huh? Yeah, yeah, but tell you, it, it shows though the caliber of player they got in, Roy. She is 37, but we're looking at a three time Olympic gold medalist. Yeah. Uh, she was uh, part of the Women's World Cup uh, uh, squad from the USA. That's right. That's right. Uh, many years at Arsenal. I was only watching Soccer Raid there back in June, and, and there was Heather uh, with the, the rest of the world team in Soccer Raid in, in uh, 
back during the summer. It's actually a little story going around. Arsene Wenger was the manager of the rest of the world team in soccer age. He was, he was the one that started, you know, nudge there. Well, could you tell you what? You could still, uh, there's still a little bit in the tank if you want to go fulfill that Champions League dream. So, obviously, with a second name, uh, with O'Reilly, she is American born, but there's, like every other American in the, in the country, does there's, there's, there's an Irish heritage there. So, yeah, look, Shells have, have, have got an extremely experienced player and for Heather to fulfill her dream and to get herself the score she four minutes in. Absolutely brilliant uh, for her on a personal note, but it could have been much better for Shell uh, Roy two minutes in uh, before the goal. Uh, they actually missed the penalty. Oh, uh, no, I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah, yeah, they did. Uh, excellent save by the goalkeeper. Uh, it was Noel Murray uh, missed there. She actually, Noel as well, a bit, a bit late into the first half, hit the crossbar. So, yeah, it definitely could have been more, uh, more than a, a one goal lead because it got a bit nervy at the end. Uh, Amanda Borden, uh, goalkeeper, pulled off some excellent save and she actually got player of the match. And, well deserved because she really kept her side in it uh, late on in the second half. But as you said, look, brilliant will win for Shelbourne to kick off their Champions League campaign and long may it continue. Yeah, and uh, it's a quick turnaround, isn't it, to Sunday, Sunday. for yeah. the next game. I wonder if that if we can get, I'm sure we can catch that there somewhere. There'll be somewhere that'll have that on. Uh, hopefully, maybe the uh, LOI TV has it on and we can, we can see it there. Waterford, Nathan. Okay, listen, where do we start with Waterford? Because this... We've talked about this before. They've 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 been bought, they've been sold, they've been bought, they've been sold, they've been promised, they've been promised, and they've been promised, and now they've been sold again. And uh, so we talked about this at the start of the year, where there was a crazy figure being thrown out there on how yeah. how yeah. much the club could go for, how much it was worth. Okay, fill us in. Yeah, so here we go again. Uh, Deja Vu was really <laughs> kicking in here, Roy. Um, Andy, it's Poily. I think it's Poily. I'm going to go with Poily. Andy Poily. Sorry, Andy. Uh, Andy's the Fleetwood town owner, and he's agreed a deal to take full control of Waterford from the current owner, Richard Forrest. Now, as I said, Roy, this is, um, this is all coming off the uh, when Richard Forrest got the club valued by Oakwell, who are a UK sports advisory. They were valued at uh, 1.3 million for some reason. Uh, so we couldn't figure that out, Nathan. We couldn't figure out where that added up. I still yeah. can't figure it out. You have no no assets to the name. Like we we talked about it, but yet no assets to the name in terms of renting the RSC, renting the training facilities. It just didn't make any sense where that, that valuation came from. And it's not as oh, if their players were on huge. Be... They weren't on long term contracts or anything like that. No, so no. unless they did add up that somehow, but that doesn't add to one point three million. Are there some budget there? No, and while. You'd like to see them going to the Premier Division next next year, and they're definitely in the mix. They're not going to be in European football any time over the next five years. You'd imagine. So I, I don't know where that came from. Uh, an official announcement on this, it, it's imminent. So at the time recording, it hasn't been made yet, but things take time to edit. So <laughs> apologies if in the meantime it has been made. But yeah, expect, it's, it's going to drop any any day now. But it is said that the the, the price... Uh, it, it's less so that the, the sale is going to be less than the 1.3 million uh, the club was valued at which probably is, isn't a surprise at all really. yeah, it makes sense it uh, uh, makes sense and he's already been spotted he's been at the training facilities he's met with the RSC landlords that's something that they're going to want to really nail down and, and to make that a, a long term home he's met with local councillors he's also met with the FEI so yeah uh, this what is, do you feel all, all, all guns all guns blazing uh, for this what one. do you feel that these owners see 
originally when they come across that entices them to buy the club again another English owner I suppose looking to yeah. buy the club and then there seems to be a quick turnaround then when, when they actually get yeah. there can we put our finger on that? It's a strange one, Roy, isn't it? Because you have a big city down in the south of Ireland and it, it, it's a one-club city. So, you'd imagine, for me, that's the thing that really sells it is the, is the potential catchment area. Yeah. But a lot of work needs to be done down in that community because relationships have just been so badly beaten down to the ground over the past couple of years with the likes of Lee Power and, and Richard Forrest. A lot of empty promises seem to come that way, didn't it? We were even mm. talking like two gobshites of how optimistic the Richard Forrest uh, move seemed to be. But unfortunately hasn't really panned out this way. Um, but look, if you're looking at something like Andy, uh, paid £500 right, for Fleetwood Town in 2004, down in the night here of English football. And look at him now, he's gotten through promotion after promotion, they're playing League One football. Found a little, well, he didn't find a little hidden gem, but he was involved in finding a little hidden gem called uh, Jamie Vardy. Went on and right. pretty well for himself. Got, got yeah. uh, I think Jamie went for it was over a million quid, which yeah, in for sorry like like Fleetwood Town that's, that's major money that, that keep the lights on for a couple of years. So do you think that the, the European side of things here the, with Fleetwood obviously to get to Europe it's going to be a massive massive feat, um, but with Waterford it's always possible. Yeah, I think so, isn't it, Roy? Uh, you look at it as well. I was listening to interviews today about Andy and he was talking about trying to turn it into... So he's gone to a similar approach to Manchester City. We know Manchester City, obviously have Manchester City. They have the affiliation with Melbourne and the affiliation with uh, New York, with, with yeah. New York FC as well. So Andy is, all, is the owner, obviously, of Fleetwood Town. He's the owner of two lower of a lower league side in the United uh, Arab Emirates and a lower league side in South Africa. Both of them have the Fleetwoods. So Fleetwood is in the name somewhere. Don't think we'll see that with Waterford. No. So we're not gonna we're not gonna Water, see it. Waterford it, it, Fleetwood. Waterford Fleetwood <laughs> at, in, in European football soon. So to go back in the original question, there obviously is an emphasis on them to ex, uh, expand into not well into a worldwide brand. So maybe looking at Waterford and the potential, whether it be in 10, 15 years to be in European competitions, could be something that, that attracts them towards the club. Um I I think if you're looking at the Fleetwood Town team, that's something it's a bit of positive news to go off. You know, almost 20 years, uh, successful 20 years of in terms of ownership. That's something uh, it was a better track record than Richard Forrest with zero, uh, zero history in football at all. And Lee Power that was involved with Swindon Town while not being overly successful. So it's something to go off. There is there's, there's two little nuggets that Waterford fans are honing in on of negativity. And it's the conflict of interest. So a lot of people think if you own more than one football club, you have a bit of a conflict of interest. You know, are you just going to use Waterford as a, as a minor feeder system to Fleetwood Town? I don't think so. Because we didn't, if you didn't see, for all the bad that Lee Power did, we didn't see, you know, loads of Waterford talents going on a mass exodus to Swindon Town on the cheap. No. It wasn't, in fairness, it didn't seem, I don't think that's going to be an issue. Uh, and also is there's an upcoming court case uh, it, it, involving uh, Andy Coyley. It's now it's Elby's football business is deal with his business energy solution uh, firm. The trial it's it's, it's a trial starting in October for fraud. But again, look, it has to come down to uh, innocent until proven guilty. So I think the hone in and those two, it's it's a bit of a strange one for me. It could be a good thing because you know he knows football. He knows how to run a football club. 
He knows that you'll have to be patient, especially he's down in the, the lower leagues in England. He'll know that you can't splash the cash because there doesn't normally be cash to, to splash. Yeah. So he, he could, there could be a, a good fit here. Could very well have younger players got coming across for a bit of experience, as has happened with West Ham, giving players to, or loaning players to same paths and we've seen that a couple of times with Liverpool um, giving uh, Yaros a, a run out with same paths as well that could be of benefit as well but also again a little bit of a benefit there is that if there is potential to go across um, those players could go across the only thing is is that uh, financially how does that work out and, and that would be interesting because if you do get good players and, and, and you're owner of one club and then you're passing them on to another club that's, I think, what people would be concerned about. You know, uh, yeah. would there, would there be fees? Would there not be fees? Is it, you know, yeah. so yeah, I can I could understand people questioning that. But listen, again, we'd be keeping our eyes peeled. We have to keep looking at it because you just you're just so intrigued by what goes on down there. The potential is big, but it doesn't seem to have ever got itself together. So. Uh, Really, really looking to see. This could be their best chance. This could be their best chance now. Hopefully, to, Roy. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully, because it's it's all the potential in the world. We talked. It, it, I hate the term "sleep and join." but most clubs in the fourth division you could put that moniker on. Like, but yeah, again, like I said, Waterford, a lot of potential in terms of the fan base, the community links that could be there. The decent stadium, not the best in the league, but in terms of standards to to somebody even in the Premier Division, it's a, it's on a, it's on a good level. So yeah, I'd like to see them. Um, get promotion this year it's going to be tight isn't it it's all happening it's all happening the fourth division we talked about last week um, someone's someone's going to lose out Nathan that's the problem yeah they're, yeah, they're sitting toward what the five the, the five points off Galway I think about nine points off Cork City uh, actually played Cork City at the time of recording uh, on Monday got a, a nil all draw uh, so and then they're going to be playing Cork again I think it's in about three weeks time the next home game so if you have any any chance of Closing that nine point gap, I think they're going to have to pick up a win in that one. But yeah, it's all happening. You have three full time sides going for one automatic promotion slot. So it's going to be interesting come to Absolutely. the final end of seven games to go as well, right? Absolutely. It's going to be interesting in the, in the final end of the fourth division. Now, the fans' questions back, and uh, you can lay out the fans' question. I kind of laid it out already, but lay it out there and, and where it came from. Yeah, happy days. Uh, fan questions back, as we said. Keep them coming. Two weeks in the bounce. We're on a little bit of a hot streak. So, uh, and this one isn't from one of the regular boys either. So I'm optimistic again that, that we're getting some new uh, new faces in. Uh, this week's question was sent by Jerry Coleman. Jerry said, a uh, little message with it as well, Roy, which is always nice. Oh, nice. So I, usually, I usually just get a question just thrown at me. Uh, how are you, lads? New listener to the show. So apologies if you had answered this question, but keep up the good work. Thanks very much, Jerry. Keep up the good work with the questions, pal, if you don't mind. Uh, he said, I listened to last week's show. He's was, he was briefly touched on. You feel that the FAO should be helping out the European sides, when uh, the League of Ireland sides, when, when they come to playing in Europe. But how exactly can the FAO help out teams when they are playing in Europe? That, 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 that's a good question. It is a very good but, question. Uh, but the most, the simplest one is, is to give them time before the games. So they're going to be playing now. Uh, Shamrock Rovers are going to be playing on a Thursday night. Yeah. They don't need games on Monday nights. There's a simple one straight away. Can you change change games for for the team? They're got yes. It's it's hard for them. You can say can can we give them time to recover afterwards? They're going to have to play at some stage. 
Sunday looks the most likely time for them to have to play. That's even a quick turnaround. There's not much other uh, else they can do. If if Stephen Bradley turned around and said, "Listen, maybe a Monday, maybe a Monday suits," but I just don't see how a Monday would suit because you're trying to prepare. So that's the beauty of being in European competitions. You have to deal with that and your domestic side of things. But I would definitely communicate with the club and 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 ask what is of of benefit there. And I think League of Ireland clubs should all work together. I think yeah. anyone who is playing them should all work together to say, listen, yeah, we want you to do well. It's going to help probably us down the road. So, you know, we're all in this together. And uh, if you are looking to play on Sunday, we'll be available to play on the Sunday. Uh, I can't see why you wouldn't do that. Again, if you want to get the crowds in, play Sunday evening. There's no game. There's no, you know, football uh, Premier League on at, at a quarter to eight on a Sunday evening. Why not play it? Great time yeah. to go out and watch a match, you know. So I, I do think that that's what could happen uh, if if they work together and talked about it. I can't see Monday nights being great because then you've got Tuesday, Wednesday, you're probably travelling somewhere or Wednesday morning, you're probably travelling somewhere. It's just a little bit tighter then. I just think that that's one of uh, one of the ways. Um, anything else, Nathan, that you've been thinking yeah. of? Or? So I think, like you said, the fixture one is the big one, Roy, isn't it? You know, like just... Let's just talk about Shamrock Rovers for a quick second. We touched on it earlier. So, sandwiched in between this, uh, this, this, this vital first leg game, they had a huge game against Derry, European game, and now a huge game against Dundalk. So, three mm. massive games over a short amount of time. So, I'm not going to go into the fixtures too much. You touched that very well. I think, now this might be out of the hands of the FEI, but I think travel really has to be sorted out. How many, like a lot of the Dublin sides um, have been either traveling out with Shannon and traveling out with Knock. Ireland's a small country. I do get that. You're not. We're not driving long, like mental hours to get to these airports. But still, the small little details that do help. I think the FEO should be communicating. Whether I think it is Sport Ireland that usually sort out the travel for the teams. Yeah, just make it as easy easy as possible that you can't fly in now with Dublin on the charter flights. Mm. Because again, it goes back to the whole thing. If it was, you'd imagine it, Roy. Just if it was a rugby club, they'd be looked after. Not a problem. They'd be as seamless as possible. So I'd just like to see any League of Ireland side get that same respect. So I think away from the fixtures, I think make the travel as easy as possible as well. I think that's something that has to be changing because it's been an absolute disaster this year yeah. for both for both fans and for both uh, the teams. And I understand the aviation industry is in a crisis at the moment coming out of COVID. I get that completely, but enough has to be done. Because as, as I said, if it was the Irish team heading off to a World Cup somewhere or heading off to a Six Nations game, I'm sure there'd be no issues like like the way most of the sides in Europe had to go through the issues they did this year. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, albeit if, if if there is issues there, that Shannon is the place probably to go because you don't want to be hanging around airports either. So, but yes, I think they could step up. As you said, if it's a Republic of Ireland football team, it'd be done and dusted, and no one would be yeah. thinking about it or talking about it. So. Yeah, uh, I think you're 100% right there. Um, yeah, if you have any ideas on how else they could help out with the, the clubs in Europe, uh, do pass them on because we'd love to discuss it and talk about it and and um, it'd be interesting to hear what your thoughts are on that. Now, Nathan, you had a game last Sunday. You were going to see St. Pat's versus Sligo Rovers. That game was on Sunday because of the European uh, adventures. Um, how did that go? How did and obviously you had the car drive home with yeah, the uh, the the in law. <laughs> yeah. Was there much talking going on? 
That wasn't. No, it was a it was a fairly quiet journey back. Uh, I'm actually glad you brought it up, Roy, because you were talking about uh, just the, in terms of your fixture uh, conversation that put the games to a Sunday. And I do think there's something in that. But I will say, I've been at a couple of games now on a Sunday because of the European. I was at one game in the showgrounds and then I was at one game, as you said, last Sunday, Pats against uh, Sligo Rovers in Richmond Park. And both of them had fairly poor attendance. But it's Sunday at 5 o'clock. What was on mm. this Sunday at 5 o'clock? It was Chelsea against Tottenham. Yeah. So you're not. That's that's what you're competing with. I think if you have these games on a Sunday, you should be pushing them out into the evening time. But look, away from from the usual giving out and moaning, it was a great game for me. I really enjoyed the two and a half hour journey uh, back with a Sligo Rovers fan, back to Sligo. Uh, <laughs> was much staying, said, I, Nate? Did he? Did, was oh, there anything was going on about the game? Loads, loads said about me for me. I was just the usual self, <laughs> um, as usual. And friends, I will say about about the in law, he, he hates Pokemons. He absolutely hates them when it, when it comes to football. But I was trying to get as much in as possible. Um, do you know what? There, there wasn't much that separated the two on the game. Um, it's, 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 I, I've been on here for about a month straight now, bigging up Luke McNicholas, and ever since I had, he's had to make three mistakes in consecutive <laughs> games. Look, the, the lad's going to be a top goalkeeper, but um, yeah, it's, it's, it was another poor communication mistake between himself and Shane Blaney for the goal. That was really that, that, that was all that was in it. Um, we've seen St. Pat's uh, new goalkeeper, Danny Rogers, between the sticks for the first time, signed that afternoon, looked really solid. Um, so disappointing to see Joseph and Nan, especially in the manner that seems to be a bit of a cloud of controversy surrounding the, the manner that, that Joseph uh, left. So he went back to West Ham and he was going to yeah. loan to Derby County, League One side Derby County now. Um, there was there was reporting Tim Clancy was talking that he, he was refusing to travel to Bulgaria if he didn't, if this move wasn't being allowed to, to push forward. So disappointing to hear if it's true. Um, but if you're if you're you're going off St. Pat's man, just saying, you think you have to take that at face value. Yeah. But look, no, Danny Rogers and goal looked really solid. Could be a, a, a good addition to the sides. It's unfortunate to see David Adamusi get injured when he did because you'd imagine David was going to step into there. He hasn't played a minute while since coming to St. Pat's. So yeah. disappointing to see David coming out because all the talent in the world we've seen him at the Ireland underage system. Um, Jim Crawford seemed to really like himself and Brian Maher so yeah uh, it'd be nice to see him come back but I think Danny Rogers will hold that down it was a good game massive three points for St. Pat's so really, uh, well, well, I'm just looking that, at the league table here Nathan they're only six points off Derry now so all yeah. of a sudden it looks even though we discussed it last week it looks a hell of a lot healthier because anything could have happened in that game and Pat still could have been whatever it was nine points off or whatever but Yes, six six points now. That's that's nothing. And the way Derry are performing, it's hot and cold. You know, anything's possible now. Yeah, it really is. Uh, and I would say, yeah, Pat's playing UCD this weekend, which they've made extremely difficult this this year. Anton Pat's have played UCD. They have a game against Finn Harps coming up in the next couple of weeks as well. So two to two of the bottom two sides. I'm not saying it's, nothing's winnable in this league, but on paper, you'd you'd like to see them pick up six points there. I think that has to be the goal for Pats coming towards the end of the season. It's just aim for that top, uh, top play position. Realistically, you're not going to break past Derry City and, and, no. and really put yourself battling again, rubbing shoulders with Rovers and, and Dundalk. So that was that was. He asked me to start the season, Roy. It's to uh, to get into European football. I would have took it. I would have liked the lengthier FAI Cup run to def- the, try and defend the title a little bit, but look, that remains to be seen. Um, but yeah, we have the fourth division heating up, Roy. The Premier Division it's coming into its final uh, leg of fixtures now uh, next week. So that's gonna it's, we're gonna have a lot to talk about, aren't we? 
in terms Absolutely. of relegation, European football, league winners. Yeah, it's it's it's, uh, it's really really stacked. Cup yeah. winners. I nearly try and shoot on the conversation somewhere. <laughs> I have me tickets and all, Nate. And I'm Happy ready days. to go. I'm ready to go. So tickets uh, bought, the cans are in the fridge, the book is in the wash. <laughs> and I think there'll be a decent crowd. I think there's a good few yeah. going, so it'll be interesting to see. Um, not obviously a club that uh, are a non-league side, so we're gonna have to get our, our shit together when it comes to chanting and singing songs and stuff like that that's all gonna be brand new we'll be all hurry we'll be all copying yeah, each other yeah. but you know nobody knows what to do with the hands well, yeah, just yeah, yeah. His hand. in the pocket out of the pocket do we sit? even the like do we sit down do we stand up what do yeah. we do, do, we do? Yeah. the seats he's not used to seats even no now, well really. I normally stand and that's the thing you're normally standing yeah, all the time so yeah, I wouldn't I'd be surprised say, if that happens anyhow I'd say by the time he's get to Daily Man Park he'll have a chance for every player as the flares be out oh yeah yeah. yeah. no yeah. looking forward to it look it's it's, and uh, again only a week away so it's, it's it'll be a, a good game and if you're looking at bows they're, they're hit and miss at the moment and you're just hoping uh, when they're good they're good and when they're when they're not good well they're not great are they so you were hoping for one of those poor days for them and, and one of the good days for us and um, you know we're looking at the looking at the 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 league in the Leinster Senior League the bookies have Lucan as third favourites for the for the the league this year, and they're only just getting promoted. So, you know, there definitely is something there. So we we be we be interested to see how it goes. Okay, Nathan, we're going to leave that there. Uh, everyone listening, thanks very much. Don't forget if you have a few quid, uh, do go onto that GoFundMe and uh, help out. It's uh, such a wordy wordy cause. These are the most important ones, and and that family is definitely going to need it. So do help as much as you can. It, everything and anything it all counts it all adds up Nathan thanks very much and uh, thanks for listening